What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these coronavirus period. I know we're opening back up the states, but still, people, please, please, please keep wearing your mask, keep doing all the things, not just to protect yourself, but to protect your neighbors, because you know what? Some people still need that protection. But also, now that we have the vaccines, maybe we can go out and do some stuff. Not partying, though, because that's still dangerous. But anyway, in this podcast episode, we got a special, special one for y'all. I have a special guest that came on here, and he's going to help us understand a few things. Because sometimes you don't want to hear my voice, and I understand it. It's okay, even though it's a lovely, lovely voice. Sometimes you want to hear something different. So... Today, I brought on Sarah St. John, who is going to talk to us a little bit about entrepreneurship. I know it's a little bit different from the normal videos that we talk about or the normal topics that we talk about with personal finance and investing. But today, I decided to take a different route because for some of us, the route that we're going to be able to achieve financial freedom is going to be through true entrepreneurship. So I wanted to bring on somebody that's somewhat of an expert in the field to talk to us a little bit about entrepreneurship. She has written three books of entrepreneurship and she will use that knowledge to help us. So today, help me to welcome the frugalpreneur, Sarah St. John. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's fun doing it every time and getting super loud. I don't know if my roommate appreciates it though, so <laughs> I get super loud. But um, so can you introduce yourself without I one thing I like to do on the podcast is always for my guests to introduce themselves without talking about anything that they do so something special that we couldn't know about you without somebody listening to you on the podcast oh okay so just things that I like to do for fun things like that yeah oh let's see um well I live in Dallas Texas and I like, well, what I like to do for fun kind of is entrepreneurial. <laughs> I like to read books on entrepreneurship uh, and uh, work on my business, but I also like to spend time with family and friends and I have a little pug um, <laughs> and I love doing anything like water related, like jet skiing or uh, kayaking, canoeing, boating, just anything on the water pretty much I like to do there isn't a whole lot of water in Dallas I mean we have different lakes and stuff but yeah. um oh I love like whitewater rafting of course I have to usually go to Colorado for that yeah. but <laughs> cool. yeah cool. so I guess uh the first question that I wanted to ask is just how many businesses have you created in the past oh man <clears throat> I think the last time I counted it was close to 30 what were uh so were they all around the same theme or were they different things that you started up and you got successful you decided i want to try something new and you kind of pushed it that way or was it i tried this out and it didn't really go the way that i wanted to be mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of all over the place um well so back in 2008 i had had six different jobs that year and realized I didn't want to work for my or didn't want to work for other people and wanted to work for myself and so I started a photography business and I realized that while I like taking photos of animals and architecture and landscape I didn't like taking photos of people <laughs> but that's where the money is I was doing weddings and portraits but the bigger issue was the expense yeah. to maintain equipment I did have that business for I think about seven years um, 
But then I switched to an online business model, kind of actually while I was still doing photography and tried a bunch of different things like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, blogging, print on demand, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I so I started a bunch of different businesses, some of which only got as far as like naming it and getting a website and yeah. creating, creating a logo. And then after that, I was like... I don't know if this is going to work. And then I moved on to the next thing, kind of like shiny object syndrome, <laughs> um, I, which I think all entrepreneurs probably have to some degree and just the next thing and the next thing. But I think once you find your thing that you're supposed to do. Uh, so basically um, in the course of trying all these different businesses, I decided to write a book called Frugalpreneur, which is about, different types of online business models and the tools and resources to run that um, on a budget. And while I was writing the book, I decided to launch a podcast with it also called Frugalpreneur, but that was just going to be, you know, 10 episodes or something. It wasn't going to be a long-term thing. It was just kind of to help market the book, but I was getting more leverage and traction from the podcast and loved the connections I was making and whatnot. So I've kept that up. I've been doing that for a couple yeah. of years and now I'm kind of all in on podcasting because I was editing my own, oh, I still do edit my own podcasts and people would compliment me on it. So I decided, well, why not get paid to do it for other people? So I started a podcast production agency and now I'm nice. working on a, yeah, now I'm working on a course and everything about podcasting. So it took me over a decade, I guess, of trying this, that, and the other thing to get to podcasting which i didn't anticipate (laughs) i guess my one of the follow-up questions because i I was going through your site and i was going through parts of your book and one of the things you're very bullish on podcasting podcasting Mm -hmm. is like something that you are like this is changing everything and so my question was why are you so bullish on podcasting versus any other social media platform or any other kind of platform out there Well, I think one thing about podcasting, aside from the fact that it's growing in popularity and there's a lot of money being thrown at it, like Spotify in particular, uh, and the fact that it's very search friendly, um, you know, because Google is like transcribing podcasts now. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to search. Like if you search something in Google, you might end up with a podcast as a result. So aside from that, the fact that it's highly searchable and whatnot, um, just the connections. If you have an interview style podcast where you're interviewing others, or even yeah. if you're a guest on other podcasts, like you don't even have to have your own, I guess you could guess on other shows and just the connections that you make and the future collaborations. Yeah. And, and then that person might know someone and they might know it just, it's kind of snowballs. And so, and sometimes you can get clients that way through, podcasting but definitely it helps grow your business because of the exposure and and what I was going to say was the thing that's different about podcasting than other you know like reading a book or watching a YouTube video or whatever is that it doesn't involve your eyes so you can multitask you could be driving or doing the dishes and so someone is more likely to spend an hour well however long the podcast is and get to know like and trust you versus if they're having to watch a youtube video or read a book they might not ever finish it or 
before they have to go off and do something else. <laughs> so I think the fact that people are more likely to finish podcast episodes and you know, the whole no like trust factor and plus the connections and exposure yeah. and searchability. I just feel like I think for businesses it's gonna get to the point where it's almost gonna be expected maybe for yeah. someone to have a podcast. That like I think sense. I think even Wendy's has a podcast now. So really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it is getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I I mean I definitely agree with you on on every single thing that you just said especially with the building relationships through like you can be a random person and be like hey would you like to come on my podcast and people will be like yeah sure i'll get on your podcast and want to talk to you and you can learn so much from other people and so my question follow-up to that is you know the app clubhouse that's kind yes. of grown in popularity how do you think that plays a role along with podcasting because it seems to be a live stream version of a podcast Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I recently got on it. I haven't hosted a room yet. Um, I'm planning to. I'm just coming up with ideas. But I go to rooms a lot and just listen. And so, yeah, basically Clubhouse, for people who don't know, it's a social media app, basically. But it's audio only. And But it's not recorded like a podcast. So you can't really go back and listen later. So it's kind of like podcasting in a way, but it's live and and plus it's there's several people communicating in a room um it's kind of like going to a conference i guess it's like you there's different rooms that would be of interest and you pick which room to go in and um but yeah i i haven't used it yet for business because i i'm thinking about how best to approach that but i think that especially for podcasters and people who are used to doing audio and stuff yeah. that it makes sense and it's an easy way to if you're if you're in the room just as a observer or a listener i guess yeah it's other than getting educated it's not really gonna do much else but if you're in there and you're actually speaking or they call it getting on stage i guess yeah um then everyone else in the room is basically finding out about you and they can click on your profile and learn about you and yeah. um apparently people are much more likely to click on your profile in clubhouse than other social media platforms and you can't have clickable links in it but you could have your website or whatever listed in there they would just have to like copy and paste it yeah. or whatever uh you can link to instagram and twitter and apparently people's instagram and twitter have been like doubling in followers yeah oh. so a lot of people have like landed big deals and stuff just wow. on club yeah so i'm just trying to figure out how best to <laughs> to leverage it for my business as well yeah that makes sense i've been thinking about well i don't use an iphone so basically i'm out on clubhouse uh, but i've just been looking at it and it seems very interesting and intriguing just the aspect of especially for those who have a lot to say it just seems like the perfect platform to to be on for people to kind of listen in their passive time kind of like podcasts where you can just put it on in the background and you can learn so much stuff in the background but at the same time I don't know if are you able to interact at all with uh, the people that are on stage maybe ask questions or anything like that or do they have to open it up at some point in time so then you can start asking questions on clubhouse 
Um, yeah, you have to like raise your hand and they have to call on you. Okay. Uh, but there's no like messaging or anything like that. Okay. Um, and I think the only way you can even speak or for people to hear you is if you're either a moderator of the room or if you're just in the room, you have to like raise your hand and they have to call on you. Just, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think they are working on an Android app, but who knows yeah. when, when that'll I'm, be. <laughs> I mean, it literally just came out last year and the thing just exploded with everyone mm-hmm. being stuck inside. And I think you made the perfect comparison. It's literally like a conference. Now that when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Because you go to conferences, you listen most of the time. You're not really participating until they do a Q&A session mm-hmm. and then you get to participate. So I was like, oh, that that's a perfect, perfect way of, of thinking about um about clubhouse but anyway let's get back on podcasting so what are some of the ways that you have found to monetize podcasts Mm -hmm. so the way that most people think of they think of like ads and sponsorships but that avenue i wouldn't even recommend unless you're getting like um, you know thousands tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of downloads because I think you only make like maybe 20 bucks per thousand um, downloads for something like that uh, for ads. Now, I guess you could have a sponsorship where a company approaches you or vice versa and you do like a host red ad or something like that. But again, you still need a lot of (laughs) before you get to that point. Yeah. But so what I recommend for most podcasts is to monetize it through either having you know your own products and services that you reference on the podcast or through affiliate marketing where like what I do sometimes is say I have someone on my show and they have a book yeah in my show notes I'll use my Amazon affiliate link to link to that book And even if someone goes to my show notes, clicks on that link and doesn't buy the book, but they buy anything else within 24 hours, as long as they haven't cleared their cookies, I'll get commission on that. So um, that's one way to do it. Or if there's a certain like product or service that you use and recommend um, you, if they have an affiliate program, you can sign up for that. And then uh, like I've had... I had an episode, a whole episode on Kartra, for example. Most of my episodes are interviews, but yeah. every now and then, if there's a particular like software program that I use or recommend, I might do like a little episode on it. Or in the beginning, I would actually interview uh, like the CEOs or someone within that within company. company. Yeah. Yeah. To talk about the. And then, yeah, in your show notes, then you could link to your affiliate link or. You could even create a pretty link in WordPress where you're like your website.com forward slash the name of the the product yeah. or whatever and it goes directly there. So that's definitely a good way to monetize. Uh, another would be creating merchandise, which is very low profit on those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, unless you have a a dedicated fan base who just and a really creative maybe t-shirt design i mean people probably aren't going to buy the merchandise you know so that's one thing you can try but it's, it's a lot my last yeah. yeah i guess uh, you discovering these methods was this just kind of trial and errors and just kind of figuring it out as 
you started and you were like, how do I get this thing off the ground? And it was like, you started discovering different things and learning from different people. Or was it you heard or somebody just like told you everything? We're like, oh, so I can do all of this. Or was it just kind of trial and error? Uh, it was trial and error. And then occasionally I'll hear about new monetization options. Like I'm trying to think of one. Um, like every now and then I'll, I'll hear someone else say, oh, you could try this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. But for the most part, it was trial and error and just trying different things. And so far the merchandise one hasn't worked at all. <laughs> I haven't done sponsorships or ads just because I don't even want to mess with that. Um, so it's mainly, I talk about my own products and services or I do affiliate marketing. Those are the main things that I do. Cool. Cool. So I just, and now let's dive in back into entrepreneurship a little bit. What do you think is one of the biggest holdups for a lot of people who have ideas of starting a business, but then end up just deciding, ah, and just never start that business? Mm. Well, I guess the biggest issue is them maybe not knowing even what they want to do. And if that's the case, I would say just think about what you're already good at or what people tell you you're good at or what's something that you like to do. What's a hobby maybe that, or what are you an expert in? If you're an expert in something, could you create a course on it? Um, If you're, if you have a hobby, could you find a way to monetize that somehow? Uh, Or if there's something that someone tells you, like, for example, people liked my editing style of my podcast. And so I was like, well, why not do it for other people? (laughs) You know, so if there's something that someone tells you you're good at or you even know that you're good at and enjoy doing and could see yourself doing long term. So I would say first figure out what you want to do. And those would be some steps to figure that out. And then from there... I mean, the first step I believe would be to get a website started. Um, a lot of people think all they need is social media, like a Facebook page. Yeah. But the problem is algorithms are always changing. People only see like, or I think only one to two percent of your audience sees your post unless you pay to boost it. Um, and who knows what will happen with Facebook and the other platforms in a decade yeah. from now. And you, you don't get their email addresses, so you can't really market to them through email marketing. So it's always good to have a website and then to also create an email list as well. Um, and to do that, you know, create some kind of lead magnet or free offer, like a free book, a free PDF, free checklist or cheat sheet, something that is a value exchange basically where they give you their email address in exchange for that free thing and now they're on your email list so you can send like a weekly newsletter or whatnot um so i would say definitely creating a website and email list are the two main things and then depending on what niche you're in you'll need to do other like if you're a podcaster for example yeah you'd want to I would recommend getting a mic, which I got an ATR 2100, which was like 60 or 80 bucks. So it's not expensive. It's a USB mic. You just plug into your computer and free software to record into and edit with like audacity. So love audacity. uh, Yeah. There's so many online business (laughs) models that you can start for. I mean, I manage all my businesses for, 
I try to do it for under 100 a month, but it's actually been more like 40 or 60 a month before wow. before any kind of ads I might do. But yeah, so it's such it's like unlike retail or brick and mortar, it's um, it's a lot more yeah. lower head overhead. They have to to man to handle the business compared to a while ago. It was a lot harder to even just think about starting a business. Now it's just kind of like. Hey, I can pop something up on the internet. I can use social media to boost, boost it, but then I can always send them back to my website, which I was going to ask you about just the idea of having your own landing page for people to go to, which after I listened, I listened to one of your podcasts talking about that. And I was like, I need to make a website because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had, at that point, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to use YouTube and use all these other platforms. And you were like, no, 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 you, there has to be somewhere for people to go to to get in touch with you that isn't that isn't being owned by somebody else and you have to have some kind of control over it and i hadn't thought about it because i was just like oh, i'm just doing this for a time being and it's just like i need to give somebody some everyone somewhere they can at least find everything in one place rather than having to go to like twenty thousand places to find where everywhere that i may be on yeah that's also a good point is having a one centralized place that way versus because you could link to all your social media links on your website. You could have your blog, your podcast, your if you have merchandise, your product, services, whatever, everything in one spot. So yeah, and it's a lot easier whenever people ask you like, "Oh, where can I find you?" It's just like, "Oh, just go to my website and you can find everything on there." Rather than be like, "Oh, on Instagram I'm this, on TikTok I'm this, on YouTube I'm this," and it's like having to go through all of that. And usually, when you start giving people too many options. The engine just being like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not doing it anymore. And they forget all about it. So after I listened to your podcast, I was like, oh, I definitely need to go set this up. And I set that <laughs> up because I was like, it's a lot easier now. Whenever anybody asks me anything, I'm just like, oh, just, just go check out my, my website. And it's like, oh, that's easy enough. It's a whole <laughs> lot easier to, to have those conversations. Um, so I just want to follow up. You, we talked about it a little bit early on where you decided that working a w-2 job was not your thing you wanted to go on your own route was there certain things in the in the in the w-2 world that you were just like i can't rock with this i need to kind of control things of my own yeah a few things one there you have to stick to their schedule which you know i typically is nine to five yeah um and uh, dealing with rush hour traffic <laughs> That's a Yo. big one. Uh, let's see what else. Um, having to ask off and get approval for vacation time, things like that. Um, the fact that you can actually only earn so much. I mean, I guess unless you have a commission-based job, um, then maybe the sky's the limit. But for the most part, if you're hourly or salary, uh, you can only earn earn so much whatever you're getting paid whereas yeah. if you have your own business i mean there's really no cap as That's to how, yeah. how much you can make um and then the fact that generally with having a job you might not always be doing what you want to do or at least not all your tasks or things yeah. that you want to do and um yeah so i would say just the the scheduling the having to ask off um rush hour traffic and um having an income cap basically yeah that makes sense that makes sense i think a lot of people get to that point and they're just like i'm done i can't keep answering to this and i end up figuring it out i personally 
I'm, I'm still very much in my W2 world. Um, and I think one thing I'm learning is just kind of like, you can have both and it's beautiful when you can do your entrepreneurship thing on the side and also still kind of rock with the main thing. But yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people I've talked to that are entrepreneurs are all basically have the exact same thing. It's like, first of all, my limit was like, every time I wanted to make more money, it was like, I have to go negotiate all over again. And it wasn't just like, oh, I just go work and do this one thing. Like you said with affiliate marketing, where it's just basically like, okay, I figure out another affiliate and that's another income source. So that kind of thing, it really puts a lot of people off. But definitely, I agree with that. So I, I wanted to ask, when do you know is a good time to take something that's a side hustle and turn it into a full-fledged business? Or should things that we make aside also even become a business unless we're seeing some kind of massive change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having a side hustle and keeping it <clears throat> as a side hustle because um, a lot of people like their you know full-time job or the benefits or the pay or just you know so much more than maybe their side hustle is generating. So there's nothing wrong with doing both. Um, but if your goal is to turn the side hustle into a full-time business, I would recommend waiting to jump ship until at least your side hustle is earning the, at least the same amount as your full-time job or at least enough to pay your bills for sure. Because <laughs> um, some people, they'll just up and quit their job to start a business and I mean, I guess sometimes that can work. Uh, it really puts, you know, the fire under your butt, basically. <laughs> to get, I got to eat tonight, so I got to do something. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's not the route I did or would recommend. Um, so, yeah, I would say if your goal is to make it a full-time business, yeah. then at least make sure you're making enough and probably for at least a year, maybe two, just to make, because yeah. maybe you have a really good year, but then, you know, let's say COVID or whatever happens and now you switches over and it's unexpected. I guess that's, yeah. and as a follow-up question, I would, I would ask this, is a side hustle off the bat already? Should you treat your side hustle off the bat as a business or should it just be like, oh, it's just a fun thing that I'm doing. I don't need to take all these things into consideration. Or off the bat, once you start doing it, just start thinking like, okay, this is a business. Even if you may not take it as a full-fledged business, but you treat it as a business. In other words, you take all the aspects of it as seriously as you would a business. I mean, if you're wanting to make it into a business at some point, then definitely treat it like a business. But even if you're not, I, I think it doesn't hurt yeah. <laughs> to treat it like a business. Um, yeah, because in, in, and for all, you know, maybe you start out thinking, Oh, this is just a side hustle. It'll always be a side hustle, but you know, maybe it takes off so much that you change your opinion and, yeah. and what you want to do. So I think treating it like a business never hurts. And that's probably what I would recommend, but I guess everyone's a little different. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess some people want to keep it a leisure thing as like, uh, I don't want to take it too seriously. I enjoy doing this thing. If I start looking at all this other stuff, I might, it might just, I might lose my mind trying to figure all this stuff out. So I just want to keep it simple, straightforward and, and not complicate things too much. Um, so I, I want to ask, this is like the final question. And it's like a hypothesis. If you were starting a new business today, what would be the one place that you automatically go to as like, okay, I need to start this off and kick it off the ground. If 
with knowing what you know now, what would be the first thing that you do? Well, the first thing I would do, because I think one of the problems I had was shiny object syndrome, <laughs> and I wanted to try this, that, and the other thing, and but when you're trying 10 different things, then only, you know, you can only dedicate 10% of your time and attention to each thing versus if yeah. you're trying one thing, then that's 100% of your time, attention, money, whatever. Um, so I would say, is it some, you have to think about it. Is it something that you can see yourself doing long term? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something you're good at? Or is it just something that you've heard about that seems kind of interesting that you're, you would like to try it out? Um, so yeah, I would say do that and make sure that it's something, cause I feel like for me, I wasted so much time, like over a decade <laughs> trying a bunch of different things. Uh, but at the same time, maybe I had to try those to get to where I am or yeah. whatever. Uh, the journey I guess is different for everybody but um but yeah if it's something that you're not sure about or you just it sounds interesting I wouldn't even bother I would <laughs> I would go with something that you know will totally work mm -hmm. or that you're at least passionate about right yeah so that's what I would recommend and then you know of course getting the website and email list going um and then I think it's important to learn and educate yourself in the beginning through books, podcasts, courses, and whatnot, and to continue doing that, of course. But if you're spending all your time doing that and not implementing what you're learning, then it becomes pointless. So yeah. for me, and that was one big problem I had. Um, so now for every hour I spend learning, I try to spend another hour implementing. So yeah, yeah I would recommend that too, to not get too hung up in the education um research yeah of trying to fix one thing i'd love to say is like because a lot of times what one thing i notice for a lot of people and even for myself sometimes is, is there's this fear of kind of failing where we're like oh, i want it to be perfect i want it to be exactly like this and we end up holding ourselves back because we never actually chase after that thing because we keep on doing all kinds of research and going in the circles of never like actually implementing any of the things we learned so i started saying to a lot of people just telling them like fail your way to success like it's okay to make mistakes just keep failing until you get good at that one thing and then you try something else and you get good at that thing again and it keeps improving so rather than being afraid of the failure aspect of it just fail to success every time you fail it just shows that i'm taking another step to succeed in, in this thing so i started saying failing my way to success is how i become successful at whatever it is that i want to do and so that that i think is one thing that holds a lot of us back from like taking that step to trying something new or to even doing the things that we are passionate about and we really enjoy to do mm -hmm. yeah or like uh do just in time learning which means like learn the thing that you need to do now and then implement it and then learn the next instead of learning all of the things yeah because <laughs> then by the time you actually even need that thing you're gonna have forgotten, forgotten it, it. <laughs> yeah that's literally me it's like when i it's like right at the time i want to do something it's like how do i do this oh youtube <laughs> it's like <laughs> then i start learning about it and figuring it out and i think 
the ironic thing is like for most things that's actually how we handle it it's doing just in time learning but for some reason when it comes to actually like putting it into practice for like something that we're passionate about we take a whole different route with it and it's like but why is that switch up why do we have that switch up why do we confuse ourselves like that yeah exactly i I, I don't know. I think it has something to do with our <laughs> entrepreneurial brain or something. It's like maybe because we we get into the hamster wheel of learning because we just love learning, I guess, and yeah. and seeing what all is possible, and we just kind of get <laughs> trapped in that process. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's interesting. It's just so interesting the different ways that we approach very similar things and we just kind of we remove ourselves based on what that thing is it's just it's interesting sometimes just like thinking through like why am i doing it this way when i did it that way and it would give me the anyway but it's just (laughs) the whole thing is very very interesting uh but i want to say thank you so much sarah the only other thing i was going to ask you is do you have any words of wisdom for us as we uh for all of us entrepreneurs and all of us who are trying to figure out routes to to maybe find find our make our side hustles turn into full-time businesses any other last words of wisdom to share with us before we close out um i know patience is definitely uh something that you need to have as an entrepreneur and it it can be easy to get discouraged when a business fails or isn't or maybe it's not even failing, but it's just so slow, like yeah. getting where you want it to be. So just persistence and patience because it, it takes time. Like even for podcasts, they say it takes like at least three years of consistent podcasting before you really start to see growth and yeah. income and all that stuff. So depending on what you're doing, I mean, anything's going to take time. And of course, we always think of you know the sharks on shark tank or whoever else (laughs) and think oh man uh it seems like that stuff happened overnight for them or but the thing is is you might not know somebody until someone might pop up on the scene and it seems like overnight yeah but they were probably working one or two or three decades before that to even get to that point so just patience and perseverance i would say are key things to to keep in mind yeah i I guess i'll ask this just as a as an add-on for anybody who might be thinking of starting a podcast and so that they can also hear it from somebody else that isn't me so y'all can actually do this do you feel that the podcast landscape is oversaturated so a lot of people have, have wondered about that because podcasts so okay podcasts started in 2005 2000 no 2004 i believe around the time when the ipod got released and yeah yeah and between that time and 2019 there were about 800,000 podcasts but between 2019 and 2020 it went it doubled to like 1.6 and now i think we're at 2 million wow um and a lot of that might have to do with COVID and everyone being at home yeah. and like having extra time on their hands and starting a podcast. And a lot of those might end up pod fading potentially, which, you know, dying out once they start going back to work and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but compared to like blogs, for example, last, last I knew, which was a few months ago, there were like 600 million blogs wow. and there's, 
two million podcasts Podcast. now, so you're still <laughs> a lot more likely to be found by podcasting than blogging. Uh, and I forget what the number is for like YouTube channels, but there's it's way it's up there as well. It's, it's billions of YouTube channels at this point in time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so basically, when you compare it to other media outlets like blogging or YouTube or whatever, it's still like baby face. Right. So it's still in the early-ish days, even though it's been around for over 15 years um it's just now in the past couple years really picking up in popularity so i would say if you're even thinking about starting a podcast now would probably be a good time to get started versus a year from now or whatever because it's just going to continue to i mean in a year from now there could be three million podcasts who knows (laughs) if not more i mean especially now that there's a lot more tools to make podcasts a lot easier i mean there's a lot more access and you can see Spotify and what is it? Spotify, Amazon, all these different platforms are like really pushing to get podcasts more and more out there. So I definitely agree with you. And like I told y'all, it's not oversaturated yet. I know you're seeing a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm making a podcast. It's not most of the time. Like one thing I found is like when you go through the list, like you said, of pod fading is a big thing where you see like they haven't put a podcast out in like five years. And it's like, but it still counts as a podcast that's there. But there's a lot of those podcasts that are they don't upload anymore. So mm-hmm. definitely, like I'm, anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast, take this opportunity. Go check out uh, Sarah's book, Frugalpreneur. There's a lot of good information in there. Go listen to her podcast. She has a lot of great information. I know I learned a lot of stuff just from listening to her podcast. And I was like, ooh, need to implement that. Need to implement that. Gonna steal that and put it on my <laughs> podcast as well. So definitely go check her out. I'm gonna have all her links down in the show notes. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing, which really you should have learned like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, on and on and on to, to infinity number of things on this podcast that we just had today. Once again, I wanna say thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. And guys, I'm gonna catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.